and in that moment, I have to say, you opened my eyes to something. You opened my eyes to how powerful an individual artist can be through his skills. Hello and welcome. My name is Mark Pierre Sondergaard. I'm a texture artist in visual effects. Welcome to my podcast. Let's be honest, a life and a career as a working artist can be very fulfilling, but it's not for the faint of heart. It's filled with challenges and obstacles, and the path forward is not always clear or simple. On this podcast, we discuss all of this openly and honestly with experienced artists who have already walked that road. That's why I call it the Naked Texture Artist. There are many podcasts that focus on and celebrate all the big achievements in visual effects and animation. But my career as a texture artist has not been one unending victory lap. So personally, I'm more interested in learning how my fellow artists handle the hard things, when things don't work, when things break, or when we're expected to produce the impossible. All of that stuff that takes place behind the curtain. So I invite you to join me on this journey. Hopefully together we can learn from the artists who went before us, save ourselves some scars and some tears, and increase our joy as working artists. Welcome to the Naked Texture Artist. If you happen to be so in love with whatever you do, in my case texturing, that you just have to make a podcast about it. You find yourself in this fantastic kid in a candy store mode. Anything is possible. So where do your dreams take you? Of course, I started fantasizing about all the cool texture artists I would talk to and learn their secrets. OG masters like Gene Bolte, Steve Walton, or modern masters like Miriam Katrin, Chris Nichols, Nicolas Morel, or Michael Borhe. But apart from all of that sort of meet your heroes kind of stuff, the very first name that came up into my mind was my Peruvian friend and ex-colleague, Manuel Huertas Machena. I've always liked South Americans, very simple people. You are nice to them, they'll be nice to you, the end. Someone who comes from a part of the world where the social fabric is very complicated and complex. You don't want to be too nice and people will not like you. It's a whole thing. For me, it's very exhausting to navigate. Never mind. So I, when I see South Americans in a studio, I always make sure I go and I introduce myself. Leaving London for Montreal to work on Deadpool, I met Manuel and we've been friends ever since. For each of these episodes, sort of a mental image forms in my mind, or a tagline, if you will. For Miriam, it was cinema royalty. For Stephen Thornhill, it was a man for all seasons. Manuel, he's the ninja. You know ninjas? Unbelievable power, hiding in plain sight where you can't even see it. They are slicing you up before you even know it. And you can't grab them, you can't get a hold of them, you can't contend with them. They just evade you, glide off, disappear in a puff of smoke. All seemingly without breaking a sweat. That's Manuel. I am forever in awe of what Manuel manages to produce 
and more than that, how cheerful and unfaced he is come hell or high water. We've had some amazing conversations over the years where Manuel has shared some fantastic insights about the work we do. Those were always moments where I couldn't help thinking, man, I wish I'd recorded this. This could help a lot of people. Which is basically the reason why I do this podcast. Of course, what flows freely and naturally when two buddies are hanging out and shooting the breeze doesn't always come out exactly the same way once you have a microphone in your face. But it's my promise to you, the listener, that I will keep working to extract and bottle up that magic and that wisdom that makes Manuel so special over the coming years. And then we can all be ninjas, or at least a little more ninja-like. Here's the first episode of my conversation with Manuel Huertas Marchena. Hey, good to see you. It's good been to see you. Dude. It's been ages and ages. Last time we saw, do you remember where? where yeah, we were uh, we were watching the the football game, the you know uh, the the World Cup. Yeah, remember? Yeah, yeah. At the at the Spanish club, this uh, at the Spanish t- club, this not very impressive uh, club. Uh, on Dude, you're in good company doesn't matter and you had beer right that's yeah, all, it was, all you need it was pretty good it was and, pretty I, good. I, and I, uh, my team lost right yeah i think it was one nil or something it was very little and you were know. making fun of me i was not so i'm gonna make fun of you today no i'm kidding go for it go for it <laughs> yeah it was great man it's been a while it's good to see you it's good to see you i see you've got gym equipment behind you what's going on there you oh. got like all these uh, dumbbells. So nice. these are all plastic props. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, actually, what happens is that uh, when we started the lockdowns, you know, like the the first ones on, I think it was March or April, something around there, yeah. and the gyms closed. Like I was in in the apartment all day working, and I like to to go to the gym and lift weights. It's sort of what I I like doing to you know just change ideas a little bit. And when they closed and they, they totally killed me because I was like, oh man, I just, you know, it's stuck in the house and it's just, it's not good for, you know, your mind, you know what I mean? No. So I I spent some, some money on just getting getting some, some equipment. So I got a bench, I got some dumbbells. And ever since that, uh, I've been training, dude. I've been training like five, five days a week. So awesome. So I'm you're, you're, all, you're ripped. Uh, I'm on my third Wacom pen. Just I'll leave it at that. Wow, you're so strong. You wear them out. <laughs> I like that. Uh, kidding. Yeah, it keeps me. It keeps me healthy. I guess so. That's good. Oh wow! So how's working from home going for you? How do you find all of this? Well, you know, it has definitely some things that I'm surprised that I like, and some things that for sure I don't like. You know, I would tell you the obvious ones. Like so, I would say the things that I don't like. You know, it's um being all day here, which, you know, it's just, yeah. uh, I mean, it's, it's something that, that it's like good and bad because, uh, on a good side, you can basically access your, your computer, you know, anytime you want to do an update or let's say you, 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 you have an idea or something, you can right away go on and hit it. Right. But on the, the other side, it's like, you just want to have like some, some human company sometimes just go and make a joke to somebody and yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Some stuff like that, yeah. 
I, I find it's incredibly practical for a lot of things. Short commutes. You know, if you want to check on that render that's going to finish at 10 o'clock in the night, you don't need to be in the office for that. You just <laughs> exactly. you just do it then, you know? Exactly, yeah. Exactly. Or get some quick things on the farm early at 6.30 in the morning and it'll be ready for review at 10, you know? It's, yeah. it's cool. But so one of the reasons, I mean, I have a number of reasons why I wanted to interview you. And and you're this sort of magical person. Wow. Of of because no seriously, Manuel. Just uh, you know, mm-hmm. when you have this sort of French Canadian studio, you have three camps usually. You got the English speakers, you got the French speakers, <laughs> and then you also have the Spanish speakers because yeah. there are a lot of people from Mexico, from Latin America, from South America, true, that are also coming up to work in Canada, and you. Are this somehow you're this sort of fairy tale creature that just passes through between you pass between all these different worlds, you know? Wherever you want to go, you're 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 welcome everywhere. You're friends with everybody. <laughs> uh, thanks for putting it like that. To be honest, yeah, it's uh, it's it's such a cool thing to to you know. I was thinking about the other day, like such a cool thing to being able to. I mean, when we're in a studio be in a room with like people from like literally all around dude i mean you're from denmark i'm yeah. from peru like yeah. what the hell are we doing working together in a film right and somehow it's just those kind of things happen on a, on a film production you know and you meet all sort of people i mean in my case i got to to visit canada a really long time ago and i i got to learn french and i knew a little bit of english so you know I can I can manage myself in those I mean uh, three uh, languages with Spanish. Uh, I think you're doing better than that. To be completely honest, there are a lot of us that never managed three languages, and and you have done that and many other things. Besides. How are you going to deal with comp? You need to deal in, in French. <laughs> if they need French, you deal in French. If they need English, you deal in English. You need Spanish. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it makes sense. It make. But I I just remember when we were working together that I don't know there was never anybody that had a bad word to say about you you know you just you're just friends with everybody it was a magnificent thing to behold which is uh you know which must be a, a secret superpower when you're working in a studio that's cool to hear to be honest I I I like to think that I I don't take things too serious you know although I I like taking my work seriously you know but. You know, people just—it's people, right? I mean, we're just so many hours a day in the studio, and should keep it positive most of the time. So that's my attitude. So yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I just, I remember if you were thinking to yourself, uh, "What will you do for lunch?" Oh yeah, Manuel, he's my buddy. I'll go for lunch with him. Forget about it. Take a take a number in the queue. You know, <laughs> <That'd> be, <laughs> Dude, Manuel, I, I'm having lunch myself like <laughs> every day now. <laughs> you'd be out. Uh, oh, one day you're out with a Spanish with a Mexican uh, composters or whatever with air group. Then the next day you're with the French. Then the, you know it's fantastic to see. I'm I'm really I'm really great uh, grateful for that. You know, because I mean life you know can can bring you you know bad things, but can also bring you opportunities like that where you get to experience like so many different cultures without traveling that much just in a, in a workplace yeah and uh and that that also distills in the work somehow i like to think that you know just contrasting opinions and different 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 mindsets you know because every culture has a uh, i mean of course people are unique uh regards of their culture but you know some 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 cultural things that are distilled in the, the opinions and i think that that helps to 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 bring the work farther as well you know so definitely Here's the first part of being a ninja. Notice Manuel's sort of core mode of thinking, like his default setting. 
just being grateful for the opportunity. Psychologically, gratitude instantly cancels out so many other negative emotions. Whereas the ungrateful person is shunned by everybody except fellow people with a negative bent, they sort of seem to attract each other like gravity. However, the grateful person, on the other hand, has doors opening everywhere. It's almost like the force of life just flows freely through such a person. And somebody who has a reputation for being French with everybody, you know, he's never going to look far for geeks, you know. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> no, we, we all know artists that are the opposite where you're like, when when you have to say about them, yeah, they got good skills, but you know, they're going to make enemies of everybody. So I, I think, I think that, uh, that's a good point. Like, um, you should, uh, I, I wouldn't say it's even a matter of being intro introverted or extrovert. It's just a matter of being, uh, somebody that likes to, to play in a team. You know, I mean, you're part of a, you know, you're part of a, of a bigger thing and then you just need to sum, you know, you bring your thing to the table, you need to bring your part and somebody else brings it. And if you have that attitude and other people have that attitude, then the product is going to reflect that. If if some of the pieces, you know, are, you know, fighting for themselves and they're like, oh, you know, it's me first, then the image, then somehow that's going to show in the image. You know, it's going to be, you know, it, I, I, I think that maybe I'm wrong, but that's what I think. Do you remember when you were breaking into the industry, uh, when you were maybe you're trying to get your first job or your second job and you're just trying to yes. get things, get yeah, things yeah. rolling? Do you remember back then I used to think, I used to think, oh man, when I just get my first job, everything will be, will be rosy and fantastic and whatever. <laughs> and then, yeah. then, then you realize when you have your first job, uh, it's not enough. You've got to find a second job and so on and so forth. And then yes. I, I kept thinking, oh, you know, if we, if only whenever I get to this level, then everything will be great. But but it turns out there are new challenges at every level. Every time, dude. Every time. And, and isn't that the cool thing? You know, it's like it's like a video game, right? Like you think you yeah. you mastered uh, something, but then oh, there's a new level that's just open for you, and it's completely new, and you need to learn it again. And I think uh, uh, one of the things that I appreciate uh, from people is the ability to always question things. You know. No matter what level you are in your career, no matter how good you are, always be able to question, you know, because you never know. There's, you know, there's this dude that maybe has like six months experience, but he has been living in, in Bangladesh for a trip, you know, and then you need to work in a Bangladesh movie. And then this dude has like a crazy good opinion on that. You never know, right? So keep yourself open. So at this point in time in your life here, in your career, what, 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 what does the next level look like? When you're sort of on the ladder and you're just looking just above yourself, what is what is your challenge right now? What is what is the next level for you? Um, I would say, I mean, to be honest, uh, just for, for, for CG work, of course, every show, it's a new thing, right? You're going to be learning and keep progressing and stuff like that. Um, I actually started to to um, I actually started the business on site. So I started a company, yeah. you know. And that's not related to CG, but uh, talking about, you know, things that bring you farther in a different direction. To me, it's been having a new business uh, in um, doing interactive design and doing uh, some Unreal Engine work for clients. And uh, that's a different ballgame because now I'm the person that is, you know, dealing with the clients straightly. 
And that it's a different game than when you're in a studio and then you get something signed and you're the person that is, you know, a little bit in, in the back, just trying to get the most, you, the best you can survey of the, the work you get assigned, but you're not necessarily dealing with the pressure of the client. So now I get to do that, then, you know, it's good and bad, but it's like, it's a, it's a good stress, I would say. I'll, I'll keep it positive, but um, yeah. It's wow. good to, to so you, different. so yeah. you're an executive producer and artist and everything. Uh, I have a small, small company that, you know, hope, hopefully gets uh, a little better this year, but I would say that on the CG, CG side of things, seriously, it's, it's, I won't give an elaborate answer because I don't think to me there's one. It's just keep having fun, dude. Like when you have fun, things just, you know, they, they, they look good because you, you like what you're doing and it just shows. So I would say I want to have bigger challenges. Yes, I want to have new challenges, of course. So I hope it keeps like that. Yeah, of course. Um, you're absolutely right about having fun because I think the more stressed you are, the or the less fun you have is like it. It's a constriction. It just sort of uh, it it constrains. It's like it's choking out your powers where you can't let them flow as freely and as fully. Yes. So, so uh, your decisions become slower, and you make worse decisions, and you move slower at a slower pace, and so on and so forth. Yeah, that's true. Definitely. You know, one thing that we've talked about a lot over the over the years when we've been sort of like shooting <laughs> the breeze and and complaining about gigs and deadlines and what have you. I I'm really this is this is my my uh, ongoing quest in life. Mm -hmm. Pick better gigs. Hmm. <laughs> I seriously I I I. I look across the, my entire career and I still haven't gotten it better than a 50-50 chance. So it's literally just a coin toss. Is well, this going to be a good gig or a bad gig? You know? Mark, do you know, the first thing you need to check is the coffee, man. If the coffee is not good, nothing can be good. So first thing you see is like what kind of coffee machine they have. Do yeah, they have a yeah. coffee machine? Oh. Is it free? Is it not? You know, and then you go from there. You know, you can get as deep as micromanagement. You know, and that's something I hate, and I guess you hate as well. Yeah, I would say when when people start blaming other people just because they get nervous, you know, that creates a you know a mood that you know is not good for creativity. So it's just everybody so you know, trying to defend themselves because deadlines, because like pipeline goes, whatever, you know, just things happen. That's the nature of uh, things. How do I spot like a good or bad gig? Yeah. I mean, I, I can't because I'm already in. <laughs> so, <laughs> By that time, I realized. Okay, <laughs> let's let's think about, let's think back to, uh, back to, um, back to the end of uh, Atomic Fiction, your time yeah. with Atomic Fiction the first time around. Yeah. You just finished an absolute hero asset for for Deadpool. That was a cool show, man. That yeah, was a cool show. It was. It was. And and in that moment, I have to say, you opened my eyes to something. You opened my eyes to how powerful an individual artist can be through his skills. Oh, thanks, man. Thank you. No, ser seriously, because the work that you put in on that uh, Ducati motorcycle. That was a cool asset. It was, and you were sweating over it for, I don't know, weeks, months, who knows how long, <laughs> and it and it and it looked it looked amazing. It looked amazing, and it really had a huge impact. Thanks a lot. But, so, but, sorry, but in that moment, so in that moment, you're flying, you're flying high at Atomic, and I would imagine they would happily renew you for 
whatever amount of time you would want. But at the same time, it was like you had a distant look in your eyes. You had already decided to go somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, uh, what, how, how did you how did you make that decision between these two gigs? I think you went. Did you go to Dinek in in Vancouver after that, or I did, I did. Yeah. And, uh, so Atomic for me, it's been a, an amazing experience. You know, of course, there's bad things, but I would say it's an amazing experience because there's mostly positive things to say. And uh, it, it's, it's been an adventure. And actually, Atomic was one of the inspirations I've had to open my own company. Uh, you know, because I, I saw it's, 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 it's a entrepreneurship of like two, two guys that are super talented, you know, come from like um, California. They work in big studios. They're super smart. They come to a different city with a different language, with a different mindset, even with a different weather, dude, you know. Yeah. And they open this crazy studio. And just because they, they like doing CD, right? And I'm like, at that time, it's like, wow. I mean, they did The Walk, which was a crazy fun and also crazy, crazy show. And then they did Deadpool. Do you see what he's doing here? Probably not. Because you don't know Manuel. But I do. He is ninjaing me during the interview. Ah, I hate this guy. Gliding off on the question. All done with a smile, of course. I was his deskmate at this time, so I'm pretty sure he's not answering my question directly here. You see, to Manuel I'm asking many of these questions because I'm hoping he will tell a certain valuable story. But as a good ninja, he can't be pinned down or controlled. And so, he ends up controlling the reality. Never mind, I will keep pushing, keep enduring, and I know we will get to some of these gems eventually. And, uh, you know, I think that when, when I said stress, you know, like uh, micromanagement and stress, that's not, not a good thing. I think it can also, stress can also bring good things. For example, Deadpool was a super stressful show, but in a good side. Like you're putting pressure uh, because of time constraints, but the mood is so cool. Everybody's so motivated that uh, even though there's little time for things, the quality of the work is good. And that's, yeah. that's also something to be appreciated, you know, because if... If you don't have enough stress, you don't get motivated. But if you have too much, then it kills you. you. It kills you. So that yeah. that that thing. So just to answer your question, sorry, I went a little bit inside. How do I, I left? Well, actually, I wanted to I, I wanted to to travel and see other things. To be honest, and uh, although I, I really liked Atomic at that time, I went I went for a trip to Peru for like three months and um, had fun there and like did other stuff. And then uh, I got a call from Dineg and uh, they offered me this opportunity, which I took. And it, it was great to go to Vancouver. So I think you had just gotten your uh, Canadian PR a couple of months before or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, so it simply came down to you wanted a change of scenery. You've been in Montreal for a long time. You wanted, you wanted something else. Trying to kill yourself, seriously, man. You're trying to kill yourself. All of these. I mean, I've I've done so much moving over the past couple of years because I had to move to Toronto for for yeah. in order to apply for my PR. And yeah. uh, so, and once I got it, a month later, I was out of Toronto, back to Montreal again because I I wanted to come back. You know, so yeah, all of that moving. Uh, I hate it. How do you how do you like Toronto? Toronto's all right. Toronto's all right. It has a very very different vibe than uh, Montreal. Obviously, right. where Montreal is very compact city, a bit like uh, New York City, right? Where you have everything in on Manhattan. It's just in a very compact, 
kind of thing. Whereas Toronto is more spread out like Los Angeles, maybe if you've been, you know, yeah. where the city is, has many small pockets that you could think of as city centers, you know. So Toronto is all right. But um, of course, there are more jobs in, in Montreal. So Yeah. I mean, I haven't been there for too long. Usually just, you know, passing by. Did you ever did you ever work in Toronto? No, I haven't. I haven't. Uh, I've been, yeah, mostly Montreal and, and Vancouver for work. But uh, I've been, I've been there for drinks. <laughs> Check this out. Do you know what this is? What is it? Manuel will be back in a future episode. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. We have a tiny bit of housekeeping to do on the way out. If this episode has been helpful to you, why not share the podcast with your colleagues and friends? If you'd like to support the podcast, I'd appreciate if you bought me a coffee. You can do that on coffee. That is spelled ko-fi.com forward slash the Naked Texture Artist, one word. If you have suggestions, comments, or questions, I'd love to hear them. Feel free to drop me a line on thenakedtextureartist at gmail.com. That is the naked texture artist written out in all one word at gmail.com. As I mentioned, having a busy day job in visual effects means my release schedule for this podcast can be a bit irregular. So if you don't want to miss out, subscribe to The Naked Texture Artist wherever you get your podcasts or follow the podcast on the socials, then you'll be alerted when the next episode drops. The music in this episode was Awake by Tycho, Nick Sifoni helped put the sound together and everything else was done by me, your host, Mark Pierre Sondergaard. Speak to you soon.